0: Hello, Rabbi.
1: Good afternoon, Joe.
0: As we are slowly winding through the, I think if my counting is correct, 16th month of the pandemic. Or is that too many? Uh, It depends on when you officially count start. start. Um, People are starting to talk to one another. People are starting to shake hands again. I actually shook my first hand this afternoon. Um, but we still are doing uh, uh, remote lessons, conferences. I still see people wearing masks at the store. Um, what do you think uh, the pandemic has taught us uh, in uh, as far as human relationships, services go? And what do you think we're going to carry through in the coming years, months, decades?
1: It's a neat question because my colleagues of both Jewish Christian clergy are doing sermons and they're talking about lessons that we learned, the articles are coming out. And I think what's fascinating is based on past human history, it's a blip. Look, what have we learned? We've learned we need to talk to family members. We've learned that it's important to keep in touch with people. We've learned that time is more important. We've learned that we spend too much time working and and being away from family, people whom we love, and activities we love. What comes to my mind is an individual that has a cardiac incident. And as my 100 years career, excuse me, as a chaplain, it's a phenomenon that repeats itself. Someone will have a cardiac incident, and they'll meet with their physician, and they'll go through the regimen of diet, of exercise. And as the weeks and months wear on, they do less of the exercise, less of the diet, and in short order, they return to the identical lifestyle they had before the incident. And when you talk to them, when they had the cardiac incident, oh, I'm gonna do all these things, I'm gonna do this, it's never gonna happen again. And not to say that some people, people do listen, but the majority don't, because that's just the nature of human beings. And I think all of the lessons we have learned about families, about spending too much time working. One big lesson, if we look at Europe with communication, with email, with remote meetings before the pandemic, people worked less. Here in the United States, uh, we worked more and companies and corporations Realize I can contact my employees seven days, 24 hours a day. Where in Europe, you still had the same hours, but the fact that we had electronics to make it easier meant you worked less. And that's a very important lesson we could learn from our European friends is that just because we have a method or a means to spend less time on a project doesn't mean we should fill the remainder of the time. And I think that I hear everybody say that. I also hear people talking about, wow, I didn't realize how good it was to be with family or I had breakfast at home or I could go downstairs and have lunch with everybody. And everyone's talking about all these neat things that they can do. And I would like to believe that it's gonna last. However, as I mentioned with the coronary incident, my experience has been Once things start up again, it's going to be the same way requesting leave. Companies now are just beginning to tell people they can't work at home. They have to come in when they've been working at home for 16 months successfully. So we've already demonstrated we don't need to be in the building for our total tour. Some some work requires it. Other work does not. However, what we're seeing is a kind of creep. Now that we're coming back in, we see that institutions want employees to come in. Now, one of the nicest things I saw, I don't remember which company, is talking about a four day week and you come in two, work home two, or a five day week, work home three, come in two. And they're trying to work out a hybrid so that they still can have some in-person team meetings and also people do the work. I think a lot of this, Joe, goes back to the industrial revolution and factories. Look at schools. Schools look like factories from the 1800s. You can't talk to anyone, you can't move, you have to raise your hand to go to the bathroom and the teacher glares at you the whole time and constantly gives you something to do that's totally irrelevant for education. It's called seat work. And there were dittos or mimeos or now little computers. It's irrelevant, but the idea being you sit there for a certain number of hours rather than looking at the goal. What's the goal? Look, you're contracted to draw a cartoon. I don't care if you do it at three or four in the morning. I don't care if you do it in 15 minutes. The idea is this is the cartoon we're looking for, or this is the, the book of illustrations, and you turn it on time. How you do it, not my... Con- but that's a big problem in America's micromanaging and managers have a hard time with virtual meetings because you can't see people or you can't glare at them or you can't pop in on them. It, we have to trust that if we hire someone, they're going to do the job we hired them for.
0: Do you think that if we start going back to the office, it's going to be like smelling fried chicken and saying, oh, one more piece won't kill me? and people will start spending more and more time at the office and not pay attention to their families and lose all that hard-won knowledge that...
1: And talking of relationships and building and family, and it'll, it'll all get get lost. And I think we, we as a society need to function or shift our, shift our
0: vision to the end product, not how... I myself uh, enjoy so much sitting at my desk in my pajamas that I'm not sure I'll ever be able to go back.
1: It's also nice to go back to socialize, to see the people you work with, to catch up with your coworkers about family and friends and activities. And that's an important social function that's separate from why I work for this company what my job is. And that's, that's kind of neat water cooler talk, if you will. I don't know if water coolers exist anymore. Given that kind of camaraderie but we still can have, we still could create a hybrid. The lessons we need to walk away with is that relationships are more important. You know, one of the sad, I've heard many sad things when I've done funerals, one of them that's fairly consistent is he always wanted to have a little boat to go fishing. Not talking about a multi-billion dollar yacht with a helicopter, a, a bass boat, or an aluminum, or a runabout. And he never had the time and I just feel my stomach. It starts, how simple, but we we become so consumed with pleasing whomever and thinking that I have to do more than, or I have to do whatever the thoughts may be. In the end, we're all replaced. When any of us leave a job, the job doesn't go away. They hire somebody else. We think that we're going to get somewhere or do something. And we want to do an honest day's work. We want to put our all into it. This isn't about not working. This isn't about not performing. It's about a balance to say that, yes, I have these skills. You pay me for these skills. And I have a family. And I'm going to spend time and do things with them. And I want to go boating. And there are other activities I want to participate in besides the the office bowling team or something else we might create. There's other, and those, I hear this all the time about the pandemic. These are the lessons. Now, can we translate them? Can we maintain them once everything's over? And once we start going back into the office, um, jury's out. I don't have a lot of faith, except at a very few select places. I think we, we can revisit this in a year and it's going to look like the year before the pandemic.
0: Well, thank you, Rabbi. Uh, I can't really talk to the office bowling team, but I did organize an office bocce team in the lobby and it went pretty well. And perhaps that's the thing that I miss most, And but we'll see. What I will always miss is the time that we spend together. And so thank you once again.
1: And we'll always have this time because computers aren't going away. Goodbye, Joe.